Funerals are very, very important to me. And I seek the Lord to find out, Jesus, what do you want to say concerning that person, that lamb that you brought unto yourself and to the folks that are here? I pray and I seek the Lord. James was one of those men that had an ability to go right into your heart. Just right into your heart. Sweetness, a wisdom, a gentleness. So ask the Lord Jesus, I want to I do Him right. I want to preach the right word for my brother. And I heard the Lord say, a box of rocks. I said, uh, what? <laughs> a box of rocks. So if you'll be patient with me, we've got to unpack this thing. A box of rocks. So I've been thinking about this for a couple days now, Lord. What do you mean a box of rocks? And it kind of starts out like a joke. What do you call Christians in coffins? Box of rocks. Is that a box of rocks? Well, where did we come from? Well, God knelt down into the clay and into the ground and He formed Himself a a rock. He formed himself an image. He formed himself a man and he breathed life into it. So the Bible says that we are jars of clay, pottery. It's fired and it becomes a rock, really. But something happens to this rock. Something happens to it where it's filled with oil. Right? I mean, you know at the wedding of Cana, they had, they had water and those were just regular water jars that you used for cleansing, but when Jesus got a hold of it, new wine came into those things and it became vessels of honor. Now when you put a Christian in a casket, you put a, you got a box of rocks. But I remember what Jesus said about rocks. I think he does this because we're just vessels that hold him. We're just containers for the Lord. And when we put our bodies in this casket, that spirit goes to be with the Lord because absent from the body is present with the Lord and this thing becomes a box of rocks. But there's something about rocks. I began to study the Word of God. I began to look at them. And you know, Jesus said something about rocks. He said, when people complain about you Christians uh, praising God and, and excited about the name of Jesus and people trying to keep you silent, Jesus said this, I tell you what, you tell them to be quiet and even the rocks will cry out. This rock's crying out right now. He left the body behind, but he is exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. And I began to examine what could be in a box of rocks. And I looked in and, and I found me six smooth stones. Six smooth stones. Because see, you only need one. Because King David took a rock. He took a stone. He, he picked up six of them from a river. How many of you know that? But you know with God, you don't need the other five. Unless Goliath's got about five other brothers. He'll take them all out, right? He took that one rock, that one stone. And it was one stone that he had faith and he came against Goliath with one stone. Come on. That big old giant, everybody in Israel was cowering and, and shivering, but David knew the Lord. He knew who his God was and he would not stand for some uncircumcised Philistine to speak against the God of Israel. 
So one smooth stone, that's it, one stone. That man was one smooth stone. His faith was one smooth stone. And I want to tell you, it's one stone that defeats death. The rock, Jesus Christ. One rock defeats and conquers death. Amen? Are you with me? Now listen, I would have had about 30 amens from James by about now. Even when I said, and, he went, amen. (laughs) Because he could tell where I was headed. Yeah. One stone took out a Goliath. Faith. Doesn't matter how big. That stone was not too big. It was kind of small. But faith of a mustard seed will take down death. Will take down the grave. This man sang even on his deathbed. This man rejoiced even on his deathbed because he had one smooth stone, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Defeat every Goliath. The biggest Goliath you will ever face is death itself. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't got a stone in your sling. What are you going to do? And so faith can overcome the greatest obstacles. And that's what James did. I didn't even realize how tall James was. 6'4". I saw him when I came to see him in the hospital bed. I was like, wow, this guy's big. All I ever saw James was in his chair. How, how tall? 6'4", 6'6". We'll go with 6'5". There we go. <laughs> You're right on time, brother. All right. What a, what a man of God. I look in this box and here's this lumpy old thing chunk of coal like oh god you took a coal off the altar of god for the prophet isaiah and when he was in the presence of god he said woe is me or in hebrew oy vey he said i am a man undone a man of unclean lips among a people of who are unclean but god took one coal off the altar And he brought that fiery burning coal and placed it to the lips of that prophet. And God placed a burning coal on this man's lips to preach the gospel to many. He burned with a rock from off the altar of heaven. That rock symbolized the very power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This man was full of the Holy Spirit. This man walked in the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. He spoke in the fire of the Holy Spirit box of rocks right here we've got the rock that took goliath down that smooth stone we've got a rock that has the fire off the altar that's what kept him going it's what kept him strong it's what caused this man to preach you know in christianity today we got rock star preachers but this man cared for people This man spoke into lives. When he preached, he stirred souls. When he spoke, he reached into their hearts. This is a man who had fire from the altar on his lips. I kept looking in the box for rocks, and I found these. One black stone and one white stone. The high priest would use the Urim and the Thummim, two rocks that he'd put in his ephod. And when they had to discern the Lord's will, they would pull out the Urim and the Thummim, the white stone and the black stone, and they would figure out what is the direction, what is the will of God, what is the intercession. This was a man of intercession. 
He had the wisdom of God. He had the discernment of God. He figured out what was the yes and what is the no. How many of you know that most of Christianity is a yes or a no? We get all fancy on everything else. I can tell you what, the reason you get into trouble or don't get into trouble, yes or no. You hold the power. This man had the wisdom. He had the Urim and the Thummim, the power of the Holy Spirit in him. And he was a man of intercession. Let me tell you a story about James. There was one of uh, the ladies uh, in our church, a longtime member here, that was over in the nursing home. And, and we got the call, come over immediately. She's unresponsive. She's in a diabetic coma. We don't know if she's going to make it. I went over there immediately, got into her room. She was out. They were doing everything they could to try to revive her. And when I, I was praying for her, and as I stepped out of the room, guess who was sitting right in front of her door? Eating his dinner. Pastor James, cutting up his chicken. Well, Pastor, how you doing? <laughs> I said, James, Sister Claire needs some prayer. He said, I know, I already prayed for her. And he just kept eating his dinner. And we're praying. I'm interceding. Oh, God, help us, Jesus. They got her revived. They got her restored. They got her back. She was talking and everything. And I came back. I said, Pastor James, man, she's, she's well. He said, I know. I prayed for her. <laughs> he determined through that Urim and Thummim. He knew. He just called on God. And that man just sat there and finished his dinner. Might as well eat while God's doing the work. And something occurred to me while I was in, we were in the uh, ICU. We were in the ICU together as James was going on to be with the Lord. And, and he went on to be the Lord. And I, and I got a phone call while I was in the ICU with James. And they said, Pastor Tim, you need to get here quick. It's Sister Claire. She's failing and going fast. And so after Pastor James passed, I told Carol and Mary, I, I told them, I, I got to go. And it hit me right then. But that sister who he prayed for, she died one hour later after James. Because he was her intercessor. And when the intercessor went to be with Jesus, then she went to be with him as well. Box of rocks. Oh, this box is precious. You've got the rock of faith that took down Goliath. You've got the fire, the coal from off the fire of the altar. You've got the Urim and the Thummim, Thummim I should say, that, that uh, discerns the Lord's will and prays. Then you've got some rocks that God delighted in. You got the covenant with Israel, the Ten Commandments, the law of God that represented the very nature of God Himself in all His holiness. He carved it with His finger on rocks. And He said, put these rocks in a box. The Ark of the Covenant. But you know what? They busted, didn't they? Moses broke them. Eventually, so did Israel. They broke all of them. <laughs> But you know what? This was just something that you gave to people who weren't born again. You gave to a people and a nation to try and follow as best they could. But something happened when Jesus Christ was nailed to that cross. The law was nailed with Him because God didn't want the law written on pieces of stone. He, and he took out our stony hearts. He wrote that law on us and in us so we would wear it and live it 
and act out the will of God and His holiness every day. This man was the Ten Commandments. He was the covenant of God. He was the law of God living and breathing so that people could understand what is right and what is wrong. He is the covenant of God. Because God sealed every believer with the very spirit of his own nature within us. We've become vessels of honor. Oh, if you don't know him, if you only know him as a rule book, he wants you to know him in life. The living Holy Spirit of his nature dwelling in you. Some of you have heard, Pastor, but you don't know the message I'm inviting you this morning to know Jesus Christ as your Savior so He can take out a stony heart and put in a beating heart of His own love and compassion and law and righteousness. I finish with one last rock. Our box of rocks. It's a white stone. There's a name written on it. It's a name no man knows. Except it's a name that you will receive. Jesus said in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 17, He said, I'm going to give each of you a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. James, you've got a stone, and on that stone tonight is a name that only you know. You and Jesus know. It's a name that Jesus crafted in you and carved in you all these years. You knew it. You had a hint of it. You didn't understand it. We couldn't know it with so many words to describe James. But when he receives that one stone, it's going to have his name on it that he's going to go, that's the name I knew. And Jesus will say, that's the name I've been calling you, son. And you will be known by it's a white stone because in this culture back then, the innocent, the one who was of a crime, who was let go and justified punishment, not having to be served, was given a white stone of acquittal. And when he would walk into the presence of a holy God, he received a white stone that said, you belong here. You've been justified by the blood of the Lamb. You've been cleansed and sanctified. And you belong here with the name that God himself has given you. That's what this is. It's a box of rocks of a man who's been faithful and has these treasures now, there's something in the Scripture that happens when you put all these rocks together. When you pile up rocks of remembrance and you put rocks of God's victories and things He's done for you, when you, when you put them together, you pile them up and you call it an altar unto God. And an altar is an altar of remembrance. And you remember all that God has done. So family, there's an altar in heaven. The man, James Bankston. It's an altar for you to remember. It's an altar for your family to thank God for His faithfulness and all that He has done for you. That's the collection of our lives. This is just a box of rocks. But what it represents is the faithfulness of our God and a faithful man 
I love to preach the funeral of a faithful saint of God. I can't tell you how much I love to preach. Here is an altar unto God. And so I close this morning with this. That James Bangston became a vessel of honor and carried the very presence of God faithfully for all to see and all to know. I pray that you carry that legacy and you carry that altar of God in your hearts and that God begins to take the coal off the altar and burn your lips and God gives you the rock that slays the Goliaths in your lives, that God gives you the wisdom and the intercession of the Urim and Thummim to have, and that He writes His law on your hearts. And all of this is done through Jesus Christ who died on the cross to remove your sin so that His very Spirit of holiness could dwell in you and live in you so that you will touch a dying world that so desperately needs the life of God. Let us stand now and honor this man of God and commit him into the hands of his Lord and Savior.